As it is written, the three wise men brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What do Oregon State and Washington State bring? This is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Thank you for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. I'm Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. If we had 10,000 subscribers by January 1st, I will shave my head. As you can see, there is a lot of hair there. You know, we've been talking a lot about this Oregon State and Washington State thing. And you're probably saying to yourself, you know, wherever you are, Drake, I wonder why we can't just talk about all the stuff that's happening right now. And I don't know why you sound like that, by the way, but uh, glad to have you. Um, and and in this, this feels like something that we're on the front of that you and I are getting to, to hear real time as the committee meets and talks about playoff expansion and where that will go. And if you stay at 12 and how long 12 is, is where the committee sticks. And, and then that opens the conversation of, okay, how much TV money is given here? And then when's the grace period of Washington state and Oregon state. And if that's two years in 2025 or 26, how many years do they get, you know, $320 million given to two teams. All of this breaks down to this. There is a legitimate chance, a very good chance that you and I are in the front of what is the future of the Big 12. There's a very good chance of what you bring to the water cooler here. If you're an Oregon State fan, you're pumped. If you're an Oklahoma State fan, you're knowledgeable. If you're a Baylor fan, you're in Spain without the S. Right now, you are on the forefront in your office of knowledge about college football expansion because It is obvious at this point that something has to happen with these two teams, right? They can't just be floaters. They can't just make 320 a year for the next couple of years with or without the conference, with or without a grace period. So the NCAA, ESPN, everybody else, they are rushing to figure out what they can do with Washington State and Oregon State. So what does that mean for the Big 12? Well, you're likely going to get Washington State and Oregon State. It makes the most sense that these teams would be here. They're not going to go to the Big 10. ESPN, Fox, you know, ESPN doesn't have the, the sway power in the Big Ten like it does in the Big 12 or even the SEC. And the SEC has a lot more CBS than anybody else does. So right now, the, the ESPN people, the, the big wigs are looking at the ACC. They're looking at the Big 12 and saying, where does it make the most sense to move these two teams? And it's going to be the Big 12. Now, what does that mean for us Big 12 fans? Well, it means this league is now expanded to 18 teams. And the, the, the immediate reservation for me with this is the fact that of these two teams, you know, now adding them, you've got a whole lot of Pac-12 holdovers. You've got six of those now. You'll have four new teams that are coming from the Pac-12. Uh, and you'll have four new teams coming from the Pac-12, four coming from that AAC and BYU sh- sector, and then those two with Oregon State and Washington State. What, what it all boils down to here, 10 teams, 10 teams, that aren't associated with the I-Rate 8. So if those 10 teams wanted to get a voting block together, and that's B-L-O-K, I think. Don't ask me about spelling anything. I can't pronounce the thing on my hat. What is that? Lucchesi? Lucchesi? Luck cheese? Zero idea. So grain of salt here on all of this. My, my big thing, now Baylor, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, TCU, West Virginia, Iowa State, the slew, the, the eight teams left over can be outvoted in these conversations. I don't know if I like that. 
Here's what I do like, though. From a cultural standpoint, what we've heard from BYU, what we've heard from even UCF and Houston especially, these teams, these schools that are just happy to be here. Arizona State's not one of them. They don't sound happy to be here. Utah, as we'll get into, Kyle, Kyle Whittingham doesn't want to be here, apparently. He wants to be. He's already looking for bigger and better things for a different conference. God knows if he'll be at Utah in three years, much less Utah being the Big 12. So my deal is there are some dissenters in this decision. There are some Utahs and some Arizona states that I could see trying to band together against the irate eight and make decisions that benefit the Western schools. However, let's look culturally here. I don't think BYU is falling for it. UCF is not. Houston definitely is not. Cincinnati is not. And the irate eight, they're together, period. And I can tell you from a cultural standpoint, Washington State and Oregon State feel forgotten. Now, if you're new to the Big 12, if you're new to this show, if you're a Baylor fan, an Oklahoma State fan, that irate eight, you know what it feels like to be forgotten. You know, I was watching 365 Sports two years ago when a couple of the hosts said, it's done. The Big 12's done. This conference is over. Let's just all accept the Big 12's falling apart and see where else we can go. Thank God they were wrong. But I don't blame them for having that sentiment. We all felt the same way. The Big 12 is done without Texas and Oklahoma. We know what it feels like to be the leftovers. We know what it feels like to be left behind. And we know what it feels like to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. That's not a cliche. You've never heard that before. To pull ourselves up and make a conference out of it. That's what Washington State and Oregon State are trying to do. They're not trying to infiltrate this conference to build some kind of voting block and give all the power to the West. What this brings is now the conversation of how do you merge these two teams in the Big 12? Well, I can tell you, the, the power team in this conversation is Washington State. Oregon State has been good at football. They have the blue-collar mentality. They have the left-behind mentality. But it is Washington State that will move the needle here. Average TV ratings from the Pac-12 to the Big 12, from 2015 to 2019, and then 2021. So this is excluding the COVID year. Washington State's number four. Out of all of the teams in the Big 12 and the Pac-12, it's Oregon at one, Stanford at two, Washington at three, Washington State at four. That's 1.5 million Per game, average TV rating. This is from John Canzano. Average games over 1 million viewers between the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the ACC. Three conferences in that same time span, 2015 to 2019, and then 2021. Clemson's number one, Florida State's two, and Washington's three. Those are not shocking, right? Clemson and Florida State. 34 games for Clemson over a million viewers in that span. Number six, Washington State. They come in before any Big 12 team. They come in before Utah. And again, average TV ratings, they come in before any Big 12 team. And before Utah. Who we think is going to dominate this league? Washington State brings a large viewership, a rabid fan base. They traveled every damn game day. It's what you see. This is a Washington State program that, albeit overlooked, has a solid fan base and a passion. A passion, Jake Dickert, for staying Power 5. These two programs, albeit Washington State carrying Oregon State, be sure that is the case here from a financial standpoint, from a viewership standpoint, from a brand standpoint. They deserve to be Power 5. ESPN needs them to be Power 5. So what does this mean for the Big 12? It means we got two new brothers coming in. What do they bring? A whole lot of juice. These two programs... Jonathan Smith and Jake Dickert, they are they are so excited by the idea of staying power five and they will do anything to do it.
They don't have to, though. I don't think they're going to have to take a pay cut to come to this league. I don't think they're going to have to, the league's going to have to bend over backwards and make, or make them bend over backwards or anybody's going to have to do a, a magic act for this to happen. We're on the cost of it. We're ahead of the game here. And what's more, the only big thing we got to figure out now is travel. Do we do divisions? No. Do we do pods? No. We do protected rivals, baby. Get ready for the four teams you play every year that it's a mixture of the rest of them. And it's going to be awesome. This conference is going to be loaded top to bottom. And when you thought we are TCU, we are, we are, uh, we're BYU, we are Texas Tech. We're not going to have any problems with Oregon State and Washington State. No, you're inviting, you're inviting in two hungry teams. They're going to be more than competitive. We don't have any Vanderbilts here. We don't do that. We don't have any Northwesterns here. That's the beauty of the Big 12, man. Is it Lucchese? Lucchese? I don't know. It's a fancy hat. I'm 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 all in. Give me Washington State and Oregon State. And you should be too. Let's all like change our Twitter headers to like hashtag I'm with Washington and Oregon State. That's too long. Let's figure something out. I'm with OSWS. Uh that sucks too. We'll figure it out. Here on Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Did you know, whether it's pronounced Lucchese, Lucchese, or Luck Cheese, that you can make bets right now on FanDuel? Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. I made the mistake last night of betting the Texas Rangers over four and a half runs. What do they do? They score freaking runs, man. And the one game they don't score runs is the one game that I bet on the Rangers to do what? Score runs. I'm a big Texas Rangers fan. Some days it's good. It's been good for a lot of days. Last night it was not. Luckily, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. I got some bonus bets back too. Guaranteed. That's guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been looking or thinking about FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action than now. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Kyle Whittingham. You know what? This has this happened before when he came out and he was like, oh, I don't know if we'll be playing BYU. That's not a bad, that's not a terrible Whittingham impression. I don't know if we'll be playing BYU in a couple years. Like, uh, you know, I thought it was weird, right? Some people were like, oh, it's taken out of context. He went back and listened to the clip and was like, meh. He didn't have to say that. He could have been, He could have said, you know, we're excited about the ongoing rivalry between BYU and Utah. We're going to curate this to be one of the best matchups in the league. Ah, you know, give me a little juice. He didn't do that. Then the freaking Kyle Whittingham. I keep, I just, I, you know, it's like I'm just asking for Kyle Whittingham to be normal. For one week, if Kyle Whittingham could just be normal. I've always liked him. He's like this weird, he's kind of like the Gundy of the West. Where he says something, you're like, that's just Uncle Kyle. It's just kind of what he says sometimes. But it's, why is it always now about expansion? Because they were like, you know, you know, reporter. He sounded like a young guy, kind of quirky. He was like, hey, uh, so... How do you feel about UCLA not being in the pack? You know, like yeah, this is gonna be one of your, your some of your last matchups. The UCLA is that weird? He's like, oh yeah, we'll be playing them in a couple of years. What? What? Who invited Utah to the Big Ten? And and I know what you're all you know. Some, there are Utah fans that are screaming. And remember, we made amends. I don't hate Utah anymore, right? We're friends. I never did hate Utah, but we made amends. We we're friends. I was. Blown away. He did this again. There's no saving him. There's no, there's no way it was taken out of context. 
He is so, why is he so pushed back against the Big 12? Why is he so anti-Big 12? Like, there are, I loved it. It was a great, it was a quote from Chris Del Conte. He said on, on ESPN Central Texas on our radio show, he said, you know, when we think about the SEC, we just don't. We think about where our feet are. Texas is thinking about where, where its feet are. Whittingham's not thinking about where his feet are, is, are. Yeah. He's not thinking about that. He's not thinking about the Big 12. He's not thinking about the Pac-12. For some reason, he is thinking about three or four years from now and how UCLA and Utah will somehow be in the same conference. Is he already plotting leaving the Big 12? And again, you can pull the whole like, oh, he was being facetious. He was stirring the pot. Uh, No, he keeps doing this jazz. It's just weird. Why can't he just be happy with the Big 12? Why does he have to keep expanding? Is he pissed off at expansion still? Is Utah really pissed off still at expansion? No, I, and I get it to an extent, right? Like if I, if somebody came in and, and uprooted my favorite team from its conference and I lost all this history, but, but, but Utah hasn't been in the Pac-12 that long. And I, and I know why there's loyalty to the Pac-12 for Utah fans, because you're thinking, hey, this is the conference that pulled us out of the group of five. This is the league that helped us, that helped pull us into relevancy and maybe even help us you know, try to overtake BYU. I understand why you would like that, why you would miss that. But I remember, you know, going to school at Baylor when I was in school at Baylor's when Texas and Oklahoma left the Big 12. And I thought, oh, wow, you know, I really I would love to go to the Pac-12. I would love to go to the ACC. I would love to go to the SEC. I mean, anybody that would take Baylor, I was I was overjoyed. If the Big 12 was going to fall apart, I was just hoping that my favorite team got to stay in a Power 5 conference. Hey, Utah, your favorite team got to stay in a Power 5 conference because the Big 12 said, you know what? Fine. We will be your lifeboat. And then Utah was like, yeah, we don't really, really, we don't really want to get on a lifeboat. Like, it's the last lifeboat. It's this or you jump in the water. And Utah was like, dude, the water looks good. I don't know why Kyle Whittingham's still doing this stuff. Is Utah planning to leave the Big 12 and go to the Big 10? Is there something we don't know about them playing UCLA in the future? You just, you know what? It's just, to me, it's crazy because you don't have to say this stuff. You can just not, you know, that's always an option on the table here. And I mean, looking forward in, in expansion for the Big 12, it's, it's, it's inevitable that it'll keep going, right? There's going to be more. More things are going to occur that add ACC teams. And, and, and it feels like the likelihood of, of UCLA and Utah playing in a few years is just so out of the realm of question. The Big 10 is not going to pull Utah away from the, from the Big 12. And, and maybe even a bigger question this whole deal, and maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist, I'll put on my tinfoil hat for this one. How much longer is Kyle Whittingham going to be at Utah? Do you think he's saying this stuff? Do you think he's, he is truly just stirring the pot or being a conspiracy theorist with knowledge that, hey, yeah, here in a few years, I'm not going to be, or even at the end of the year, I've heard from so many, like JT Wistershill, is that he pretend Worcestershire sauce, whatever it is. Unlocked on, unlocked on you. It's, you know, we, we had the conversation of, do you think he's still going to be here at the end of the year? And he's like, oh, you know, even I've heard murmurs. He's heard murmurs that Whittingham's just going to hang it up, that he's close to retirement. He's going to, you know, right off into the sunset. And he feels like he's been here too long. He's too old to lead Utah to the Big 12. Hell, I'd love to see Whittingham in the Big 12. I'd love to see him lead Utah in its next chapter. Will we? Is this, big, is this his big elaborate thing to be like, you know what? I'm going to be the crazy drunk uncle. Not wrong. He's, he's sober. I'm going to be the crazy uncle. I'm going to play some tricks. I'm going to come out and say things that don't make any sense. I'm just going to be a little whimsical and I'm going to pull out and I'm good. I'm done. You guys have fun. Is that what this is? Can somebody help me out and explain to me why Kyle Whittingham is being the way that he's being continually? 
because you all told me that it's facetious that him he was taken out of context about what he said about BYU. You know, Utah is still happy to be in the Big Twelve. They're not scared of BYU. Then why does he keep running away from the idea of being in the Big Twelve so much? And again, you can make the case that he's just, oh, he's just saying college football is crazy. Anything, anything can happen. But no, he's making the case that Utah will play UCLA in a couple of years. You know, this could be a real thing. This could really happen. Why? How? What does he know? Does he know something? Or is he just talking out of his butt? Is he blowing hot air up our skirts? And if he is, for the purpose of what? But what does it gain him? I don't know. What does it gain us? Confusion. Utah, do you want to be here? Do you not? That's my question. Make it make sense, please. Kyle, if you're listening, give me a call. We just need to talk. And if everybody else who's listening, thanks for making this your first listen every single day. I don't know if I've said that in the middle of a show before. I just wanted to thank you. I was just feeling real thankful right now. I'm also feeling thankful that the Big 12 released a video of its new basketball schedule. That's next on Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Uh, I'm sure you all saw this. The Big 12 has released its basketball schedule for 2023-24. Seems a little late, by the way. Tuesday, September 26th, they released this. And basketball season starts in like a month. All right. Plan your travel now, I guess. I, um, wow. I first want to say the Big 12 put out an announcement video that was like four minutes long. I don't know if you saw that. I'm not going to play it on here because I'm going to rip it. And they would hate for me to like, you know, go all in against it and then say, here's the video. That'd be a copyright issue. It was bad. Fran Vrishilla was in it, which was super cool. There was some random TikToker who I'd never heard of who was also in it. It was just ungodly long. Like we took way too long to get to the point and actually get to the schedule. I had to turn it off. I was like, I'm just going to look at the graphic. We were a minute in and they were all the teams were on a Zoom call, which was super cool. And they were like, and here to help us. And I was super, I was excited to see who they were going to have help them reveal the schedule. And they were like, here's Shanae from TikTok. Dude, what? Not my generation. Or, and if it's not my, I'm 22. If it's not my generation, whose generation it is? One of the first misses, very few, one of the first misses for the Big 12. Didn't like it. Maybe you did. Uh, observing this basketball schedule, Good to see some of the big dogs that are playing multiple times. Kansas, that's the first schedule you look at. This is the best team in the Big 12 for sure. They get a taste of Baylor twice. They get to play Texas this season. You know, everybody's going to get to play everybody once. They get to play Texas once. Oklahoma State a couple of times. Uh, They get Houston twice on the docket. I love that part of this schedule. The Kansas schedule overall, opening with TCU is big. Remember, TCU is good now. Then they get UCF and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and West Virginia. All and Cincinnati, all of those should be wins. Um, Iowa State in there for Kansas as well. That that's the first schedule you look at. You see Baylor twice, which is big. You see Oklahoma on there twice as well. Uh, and then then that big Texas matchup. The last Texas and Kansas that we're going to get is huge. A couple of Kansas states as well. Those are matchups you key in on. I would say looking at this, having dissected the schedule, the toughest one that I see is Cincinnati because of the way it starts. So you go BYU at home. That's good. Like we're 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 uh, BYU on the road. I'm sorry. Uh, that that's good. I think Cincinnati can beat BYU. BYU is just they're gonna have to figure it out in basketball. They're gonna figure it out in basketball. It's gonna be a good little punch in the mouth. Then you go Texas, Baylor, TCU, kind of a break with Oklahoma, then Kansas. That's tough. In a five game stretch, you get Texas, Baylor, TCU, Kansas. Mm. 
Like that's four top fifteens in a five game top fifteen teams in a five game stretch. Welcome to the Big Twelve, Cincinnati. Best of luck to you. Um, for the other newbies here, it just reminds me how good the Big 12 is at basketball and how these new schools just have not been that prominent. Cincinnati was, then post Mick Cronin, what have you done for me lately? Like UCF gets to play Kansas State on the road to open up Big 12 play. They get their S rocked. Then they play Kansas. Oh, I, you know, and I, I, UCF's not a bad program. UCF has been, you know, to me, tournament ish ask right for the last few years it's like oh you know there have been some ups and some downs this is a fine program you can't do that in the big 12 you can't do that man they get kansas state and then kansas to start the year four of their first five kansas state kansas texas and houston that is four top 15 teams in the first five games what a slap in the absolute face they get baylor at home that'll be fun baylor basketball in orlando against ucf uh, what's more, let's go BYU here. The Cougars get Cincinnati. Now, this one's kind of fun. This is a fun little Cincinnati at home. BYU can win that game. Then you get Baylor. Then UCF. This is not the worst start. Baylor is a tough one, but you can beat Cincinnati and UCF. Then you get the gauntlet. Everybody in the Big 12 is going to have like four straight games where you just go, well, you know, it was fun. Iowa State, Texas Tech, Houston, and Texas. <sighs> What a terrible point in the span of five games. BYU gets Baylor, Iowa State, Texas Tech, Houston, and Texas. Three of those five are top 15 caliber programs. That is brutal. Uh, BYU will get Baylor twice. I think that should be a curated curated rivalry. They'll get Kansas State twice as well. They get Kansas later in the season on the road. Uh, TCU once. That'll be an interesting matchup. They get Oklahoma State twice. Opportunity to maybe pull out two wins there for BYU. But again, I'm reminded how tough this is for the newbies. Except for Houston. They're the king of the new teams, right? The top five program year in and year out under Kelvin Sampson at this point. They get West Virginia at home. I love that they start the season with a home game. Then a couple on the road. Iowa State and TCU are both tough. I, I think they're going to be the ones that that handle the gauntlet the best. West Virginia at home, easy win. West Virginia just fired Bob Huggins. Everybody left. That should absolutely be a win. Looking up and down the rest of this schedule, who? That Iowa State road game and TCU road game. I, you know what? I could even give you both of those. You can start 3-0. Texas Tech at home, you could probably win that. Houston or UCF, I'm sorry, at home. Then BYU. Houston has the best shot of any of the new teams at starting really hot. Then Kansas State comes to your house as well. Then you hit, like, this is kind of your run of death. Kansas State, Texas, and Kansas. Three straight games. That's tough. Later in the season, Texas, Iowa State, Baylor. That's tough. Houston's in the best spot, though. They got a pretty favorable schedule here. They got a pretty favorable schedule. Uh, they only, only see Baylor once. They do get Kansas twice, which is tough. They do get Texas twice, which is tough. But they only see Baylor once. They get a good slew of the new teams. I think they are are pretty much guaranteed more dominant than you know UCF twice. They get Cincinnati twice as well. So Houston's going to be okay. New teams. This one's pretty brutal. Looking at the way the schedule shakes out, I do like the spot that Kansas State is in, despite playing Kansas twice. I think they can win a couple of those. Um, any team that's playing more of the UCF, more of the Cincinnati, that's going to bode well. So you go up, you look like Baylor scheduled. They get Cincinnati once. They get UCF once. They get BYU twice. That's tough. That's tough. You really want to have two Cincinnati's or two UCF's. Not to say those are bad programs. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe even BYU. Maybe you want to see BYU more often. Not that those are bad programs but they are going to need to take a massive jump before going to the Big 12. 
That's the Big 12 basketball schedule. How fun is that? Oklahoma State's in there. You know, there are a couple of teams I didn't really mention. Oklahoma State exists. They're going to be in there. You know, Texas and, and Texas Tech, we'll see how good they are this season under uh, new leadership. Everybody wants a Baylor coach now, Grant McCaslin. Thanks for making Lockdown Big 12 your first listen every single day. 10,000 subscribers. I'll shave my head. You heard it here first. Uh, this has been, it always will be, Locked On. Thanks again for making it your first listen every single day. I'll be a pro tomorrow. Dose Grande.